Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 188 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Jet lagged? Not at all. Back from the States and rested up, ready to crack on with our winter cleanup. So, keep your seatbelts securely fastened in case of turbulence and let's talk beekeeping. Beekeeping short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone, it's great to be back after my week's absence in the USA. Welcome to the podcast again. And what a great time we had in America. It was lovely spending Thanksgiving with my youngest daughter and her husband. And we had a terrific holiday, but it was eating, drinking and generally winding down and relaxing. The bad news because of that is that I've gained a few extra pounds. So it's back on the bike for me just as soon as I've finished this podcast and back to the calorie controlled diet and no alcohol until the weekends. Oh, hang on. It is the weekend tomorrow. Let's start afresh on Monday. Now, I don't want to turn this into an episode of The Travel Show, but if you ever get a chance to visit Pennsylvania, I recommend it. It wasn't long after we arrived that it started to snow and the whole area took on a very festive feel. Thanksgiving celebrations were great. We visited Beth's in-laws, as it were, and met lots of the family for a big turkey meal. And I mean a big meal. Obviously, I was on the vegetarian option, but it was a super meal, although I've never really quite understood the love of a cold potato salad option with a roast turkey. I'm sure there must be a tradition involved in there somewhere. Anyway, I did manage to squeeze in a little beekeeping contact while I was there. See, this isn't just going to be about travel. Unfortunately, it being Thanksgiving holidays, the local Man Lake store was closed for a few days, so I couldn't actually get in there again and have a look round. I say local, it's about a two-hour drive local, but it seems that that's not considered very far at all in Pennsylvania. What I was able to do was to sign into a Bee Farmers Association Zoom meeting, that's the UK Bee Farmers Association, and watch a presentation by a bee farmer in the USA called Bob Binney of the Blue Ridge Honey Company. Many of you will recognise the name from YouTube, I'm sure. Bob's operation is based in the northeast area of Georgia, as you might have guessed, with the Blue Ridge Mountains. They have a four-man team taking care of around 2,400 colonies and last year bottled around £1.5 million of honey. Now, that is a lot of honey. Not all from their own colonies, you understand. Bob and his team also pack honey from other beekeepers. 
It's always interesting to see how other beekeepers operate their hives and businesses, and always worthwhile listening in as you never know what little gem of information you might pick up along the way. That one little piece of information that makes you go, oh yes, that's what I should do. Having listened carefully to all the trials and tribulations he has with bears, I concluded I'm fairly happy only having to contend with mice and woodpeckers over the winter months. The point I really took interest in was his comments about the age of the queens that he uses. He requeens his colonies, all of them, when the queens are just around two years old. So that's the year that they're raised in and then the following year of production, with, as I understood it, the queen being replaced in the autumn of that second year. The best way to look at this is through the eyes of a bee farmer rather than the hobbyist beekeeper. When I first started beekeeping, I was told a queen could live for maybe five or six years if you were lucky. What they didn't tell me was that as a beginner beekeeper, I'd probably lose her in a swarm within the first 10 minutes of beekeeping. But what I also didn't understand back then was the life cycle of a queen and how over time she loses that vigorous egg laying that she first started out with and that there's a gradual decline not just in her productivity but also her ability to keep the colony in what we would call a queen right state through the use of pheromones as she ages she also eventually comes to the end of her store of sperm which could result in her becoming a drone layer another issue that many beekeepers will be familiar with as a bee farmer, my primary focus is the production of honey, and for that I need large colonies with productive traits and therefore a productive queen. For the hobbyist, honey production isn't necessarily the main reason for keeping bees, and so the frequent replacement of the queen might not seem a major priority, especially if you've got some nice calm bees. I don't think this revelation from Bob was what you might call a light bulb moment, I already knew the reasons for replacing queens on a regular basis, but it did make me think long and hard about how I replace my queens. Honestly, it opened up a whole can of thoughts, not just the method of raising new queens and the kit I would need for it, but also the issue of good record keeping and how, honestly, I'd not managed as yet to find a system that works best for me. The benefit of new young queens is fairly obvious as you gain more and more experience in beekeeping. Vigour is so important in maintaining a strong successful colony and that is of primary importance if a decent honey yield is what you're after. Of course we all know what large vigorous colonies are like in spring. First opportunity and they're off in a swarm leaving you with a nice new vigorous queen but only half a colony not ideal by any stretch of the imagination if you're looking for honey. So that's the big challenge if you want a shot at a decent honey crop. Another comment that Bob made during his talk that I thought was interesting was that he uses five frame nukes for queen rearing, not the smaller queen mating nukes that I love to hate, as you all know by now. And from memory, his reasons were very similar to mine, in that the five-frame nuke is more easily controlled when a new vigorous queen starts laying, and less likely to abscond as soon as your back is turned. Lastly, regarding Bob's talk, 
He said that good equipment always pays for itself. I guess meaning don't scrimp on cheap gear that needs replacing within a year or two, but invest in quality equipment that will go on for years and years to come. It's something that I try to adhere to anyway. Oh, I just remembered another point. Keeping good records is really important and keeping good records of everything helps. By that, I guess Bob meant not just inspection records, but honey production records and sales too. All of these things I have to get better at, if I'm honest. On the subject of records, I do find myself going back to my original iPad spreadsheet as a template for my inspections. It just seemed to have all that I needed, and no additional spurious information that would just eat up more and more time. I was having this conversation with my son-in-law, Paul, while I was in Pennsylvania, and he just happens to be a wizard with spreadsheets and coding, so I'm hoping he might be able to find some spare time to put a little something together for me. When you're considering what types of records you want to keep, it's important that it's right for you. Some of the data that beekeepers keep might not be appropriate or necessary for your own records, so mix and match what you need and discard the rest. Some examples of what you might keep are temper, movement on the frame or running as I call it, frames of brood in all stages, seams of bees, eggs seen, queen seen, disease seen, date, time. In fact, the list is as long or as short as you want it to be. Some beekeepers keep a note of the weather too. Not something I do, but if it fits in with what you want to do, then go ahead and do it. There are, of course, a range of apps for phone and tablet out there, and these are even more extensive in terms of the data held. For me, I just can't seem to find one that's simple and straightforward, and if you're having to skip through multiple questions when you've got over 100 colonies to check in one day, it can add a lot of time to your day. I'm sure I'll get something to use for next season, but I'm not sure what that something will look like as yet, and it has to be data that I can go back to in the quieter months and review. It's absolutely no good keeping data if you don't have the time or the ability to go back and look at it. Now that I'm back from my travels, it's time to get back into the swing of things. There's a lot of work still to do. Luckily, I managed to get my brother and nephew to start painting some of the boxes at the unit, and I'll be heading over there just as soon as I clear the current COVID protocols. I have many more boxes that need painting, with a heap of bits and pieces over at the workshop that Pete is taking care of for me. Time now to get my head around exactly what I intend doing next season and set those plans in motion. With that in mind, this weekend, as I'm housebound, I intend putting together some planning notes for next year, and I'll share those that I can with you all next week. I do have a couple of plans that I'm going to keep to myself, just for now, purely because I want to get the detail down before I go off half-cocked, as it were. One of the main focuses now is the continued preparation of colonies for the winter months, and one of those areas of focus will be the winter oxalic acid treatments. With colonies hitting a broodless period around now, it's a great time to get at those pesky varroa mites as they sit outside the protection of sealed cells. Remember, oxalic acid won't penetrate the wax of a sealed cell, and so any varroa mites hidden inside escape those treatments. 
It's the foretic mites, those sitting on our workers, that we're trying to eradicate. And if successful, will mean our colonies have the greatest chance of success coming out of the winter. If you only have a few colonies, then the trickle treatment method is ideal and very, very simple, and it doesn't take a great deal of time. The other task I've lined up for next week is a final trip around the apiaries, securing mouse guards, straps, and counting up all of the active colonies to submit to the National Bee Unit's National Hive Count. It's an annual count of all of the colonies that are out there, obviously of those people registered with the MBU. And if you are registered with the MBU and have access to your records via BeeBase, it's an opportunity to update your apiary details and colony records. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you're here in the UK, hop onto the internet and search BeeBase or National Bee Unit and you'll find your way to their website. I'll pop a link in the podcast notes as well so that if you're struggling to find it, it's just a click on the link that I'll leave. Finally, it's time to start thinking about all those Christmas gift ideas that you want to put on your wish list if you haven't done it already. But if you want to be discreet about it, open up your computer and leave a web page open on the item that you want for Christmas. But remember to turn off the computer sleep mode, otherwise, like me, you might just end up with a blank screen. Well, It's a slightly shorter podcast this week, just time to get my suitcase unpacked and clothes put away, and then hopefully a negative COVID test and I'll be straight back to the unit. With luck, normal video production will resume next week too, so expect to see some content popping up on Patreon over the coming week. Well, that's it for this week. Stay negative, as it were. I'll catch up with you all again next time, but for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. (laughs) 